Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. We've said it a lot and it can be lost on people, but is our ability to evaluate and evolve what we're doing and critically look at every single decision, every single piece, um, every process, and figure out ways to improve them, scrap it totally, and start completely new if that's what we need to do, or make just a small tweak. And so I'm excited and encouraged that I know that we have that, so I know it gives us a chance to build this thing the right way and and to, to develop a team that can win consistently in the NFL. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, another day in the home studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. DeMond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q, rocking with you for the next three hours. Very excited about the show as we are each and every day. Uh, blessed to be in this fantastic studio, this brand new studio. Having a lot of fun here, just trying to continue to work out the kinks and figure out what does what. And believe it or not, I was walking down the hallway just a few minutes ago as JT was closing out the show. And I heard JT from an area that normally I wouldn't hear JT from. It was actually our old studio. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Did they move us back? <laughs> I got I got concerned. I got worried. I came down the hallway. I was like, Damon, what's going on? Did they move us back? Did we get kicked out of our new studio already? It's only been like a week. But apparently, Damon, I guess we're what? I guess we say simulcast in two studios. Yeah, it's still like that connection between the old board and the new board. Man. Still that, connected just a little bit. Yeah, that, that little that little connection scared the mess out of me, man. I thought they had moved us back. I thought Natalie said, you know what? These guys don't need a new studio. Let's go ahead and move them on back to the old, you know, the old uh, broom closet. <laughs> so I was I was concerned, man. Then I'm thinking, I'm looking around thinking, did someone just mess with me? I'm looking up for cameras. I'm looking up for Melissa to jump out and be like, ah, I got you. Anyone. <laughs> right? Anyone. CEO who's up there. I thought, okay, somebody's trying to get me. But no, it's just somehow we're coming out of two studios at one time. So there you go. But we're happy to be with you for the next three hours. Got some really good guests coming up on the show today. And, of course, want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200. And our don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. Again, coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show. Really good stuff from him from noon to 2. And before that, we had the uh, the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. One other little side note. We are getting very excited we're already getting guests booked for our trip to, to Arizona. We're going to be in Arizona for the Super Bowl the whole week leading up to the Super Bowl from, well, February 5th, which is Sunday, to February 10th. By the time February 10th comes, which is Friday, I'm out, <laughs> right? A lot of these guys, like DeMond, who's never been there, is like, hey, we can stick around and we can go to the Super Bowl. We can go to the party on Saturday. Look, man, once that show gets wrapped up on Friday afternoon, once we say, Raider Nation, we'll be back on, uh, in, in, in studio on Monday. Good night. We're going to tear everything down. We're going to pile up the car, and we're going to head back. I'm out of there. I'm on the first thing smoking. I know DeMond's going to be like, well, Q, you sure you don't want to stick around another day? I'm trying to secure those tickets still. I don't know how I'm going to get them. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Because I promise you we'll all, where I'll be on Super Bowl Sunday, I will not be in Arizona. I will be back at the house, sitting on the couch, watching the, watching the game in the comforts of my own home. But uh, we're, we're already securing Super Bowl that week, very excited about it. We're already getting guests that are hitting us up like, hey, uh, we want to make sure we stop by the booth. So I'll tell you right now, what we did last year in, in L.A., I thought we did some really good stuff. That was the first time that this radio station had been on Radio Row, and I thought we did really good. I want to say as I, I'll go through the records um, probably the next couple of days, maybe over the weekend, to see how many bangers we had. And what I mean by bangers are, are gold jackets. 
you're a Hall of Famer, you're a banger. Nothing else. If, if you're not a Hall of Famer, you're not a banger. Straight up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a great actor, uh, a hip-hop artist I was a big fan of. I don't care if J-Lo walks down the, down. well, maybe she's a banger. But that's, that's a different subject. Everyone else, you are just an, a, another guest. But Hall of Famers, gold jackets are bangers. And I want to say we had 14 or 15 of them last year. So whatever we had last year, I'm trying to double. I'm trying to make sure we double. So here on Raider Nation Radio 920, if we had 14 or 15 last year, we'll have 30 this upcoming year. That's what I could promise you because we will not stop until we get it done. So I think that you're going to be very excited and it'll be a lot of fun to hear what we have coming for you. And we've got a lot. And again, we've improved ourselves off of what we learned from last year to what we're going to bring this year. So I'm telling you, I'm counting the days for our trip. I'm very excited about it. DeMond's going to get his first experience. And by Wednesday, he's going to be probably trying to call people and be like, can you come pick me up? Q is a tyrant. I cannot work with this guy. I need to just get back. back. I, I need to get back to Vegas. And that's how it happens. That how that's how it happens. Everything is uh you know everything is good times until it ain't good times <laughs> you know until he realizes how early we get up and how late we go to sleep. But it's gonna be a lot of fun and it's experience that you you mentioned before. This is like one of your dream come true. This is your bucket list. Of course it is. I've always wanted to cover a Super Bowl where you say like they're running the grind. I'm excited for that grind. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. just the because I know I, you are. I want to be able to just run up to somebody that's on my mind, Eddie George. Right. If I see Eddie George like across the convention center and just try to hustle up ten minutes with him. And what's the worst he can say? No. That's exactly but, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. That I'm, is, I'm, I'm smiling just thinking about that moment. I'll tell you right now, the very first time I ever went to Radio Row with the Super Bowl, it was in New Orleans. The Raiders were playing, or not the Raiders, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I wish it was the Raiders. The 49ers were, uh, were playing the, the Ravens. And uh, that was the very first experience I ever had. And my program director, who you'll meet, David Smoke, he said, I don't know if you'll be able to handle this, man. It's a lot of work. And so he's telling me basically the same thing I've been telling you. Oh, by Wednesday, you're going to be ready to go home, this, that, and the other. And I was like, man, it's no big deal. By Tuesday, I was like, okay, I got to get my second win, right? Because it, it, it just hit me so hard. It was so quick, fast, and in a hurry. But then by Thursday, I was like, oh, I'm good. And I'm like you. Oh, I love this grind. So by the time Friday came, we, we, we shut everything down. You know, he pulled me to the side and was like, you did well this week. And that's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear was him tell me that you did well this week from my first experience. Because, again, you go in blind. You don't have any idea what to expect. And it is, brother, it is a grind. But it's going to be a fun grind. I guarantee you have a great time. You'll come back and you'll tell stories like you've never told stories. You'll have all kind of pictures in your phone that you've never had. You know what I mean? Like just soaking in the experience is going to be something that's going to be massive. So by the time Super Bowl week is over, Radio Row is over, and all the pictures you take and all the experiences you have – you might be able to go ahead and land Kayla, man. You might be able to get Kayla, and you might not have to worry about a dollar stake anymore, man. You might be upgraded. <laughs> that might be the last person that cares about. <laughs> Look at the Jim Brown, the Jim Brown. Who? No, you're going to, man, I'm telling you, you're going to have a really good time. Uh, trust that. So, and Raider Nation Radio will, too. Uh, that's the thing about it. We're all going to be out there, myself, DeMond, JT. Uh, Jared's going to be out there. I mean, we're going to have... Uh, Star-studded affair. Steve Cofield's going to be out there representing our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. So we've got everything covered, every every different angle, and uh, excited about what we'll bring to you. But before we get to any of that, we I mean, there's still days before we go. <laughs> there's still a lot. We don't even know who's playing in the Super Bowl yet. 
We will this weekend. But we got a lot coming up on the show today. The guest that we have coming up, Aaron Wilson. He used to be part of the Houston Chronicle. Now he's at the TV channel KPRC2 in Houston. He'll join us to talk all things NFL and really talk about the reports from NFL executives that they believe Derek Carr is, is a guy that's high on the Texans' radar. And if there's someone that knows the Texans as well as John McClain, and believe me, John McClain, he knows the Texans inside and out. He's already told us that, no, don't think that they'd be interested in going that route. They're going to get a young dude. If there's a guy that knows the Texans just as well as John McClain, it'll be Aaron Wilson. So he's going to join us at 2.30 to talk about those reports, talk about what direction the Texans will go. He's also an NFL insider, so he'll you know, give us his thoughts on where D.C. might end up, if there's a possibility of a trade, if they you know, will just have to flat out release him. Everything NFL-related, Aaron Wilson will we'll talk about coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, every single Wednesday for about, I don't know, about a month now, we've had Eric Galco, player director of football operations, player personnel for the East-West Shrine Bowl game. He'll join us, and it is right around the corner. The first practices actually start this weekend, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's exciting. We've been talking about it. We've been leading up to it. We've been talking about coaches, some players that we knew were going to be uh, here in Las Vegas for the Shrine Bowl. Now practices start this weekend. So we're going to talk to Eric Galco about the whole event. Now that it's right there on the eve of happening, you know, everything that's going on, talk about the coaches that have been, uh, you know, uh, in place. And the cool thing is, DeMond, I think the cool thing is, like, we know the Patriots and the Falcons are going to be the two teams that they have their coaching staffs. Well, Bill Belichick's not going to be the head coach, but he's a supervisor. And Arthur Smith is not going to be the head coach, but he'll be a supervisor. I think that's great for others that want that opportunity to have that head coach, you know, that, that, that head coach moment. And also the rest of the staff that they can step their game up. And all Bill Belichick's going to do is sit back in the, in, in the background and supervise and kind of lead these guys where they need to go. And same with Arthur Smith. I think that's great for them. Not to mention there's two coaches from the HBCU level that are also going to be on those staffs. So they're getting an opportunity, and they could take what they learned from the Shrine Bowl. So this is not just for the players. They could take what they learned from the Shrine Bowl and take it back to their respective colleges and do the same and kind of imply those, those thoughts and, and everything that, uh, you know, what they've learned, their techniques and everything, imply it to what they're doing on the HBCU level. I think that's pretty big, too. Yeah, of course. I think for the coaches, where you said, I'm not saying that Arthur Smith or Bill Belichick could be the end-all, be-all for that particular coach, but if you can impress them, something that maybe you show them that may impress you, may impress some other people on the next job that you may get, where if Arthur Smith can say, hey, I can vouch for that guy, right. he even he, he opened my eyes to something mm-hmm. at the East-West Shrine Bowl that I thought was a nice little wrinkle It's like or Summer League. It's like when yes. coaches get an opportunity to coach at Summer League. Exactly with the summer league point that you just made, and also Arthur Smith, I feel like on the offensive end, I'm bringing it back to the players now. You like that guy because he used to be a Titan. Yeah, man, I want him back. Is what I do. I want him back. Things were going I knew, well. I knew there was another angle going here. You were too Arthur Smith for us. <laughs> Things were going well when he ran the offense. I was actually after I seen that on the scramble, I was just doing like a lot of like. Just looking at, yeah. today while I was at the gym, just looking at a lot of Titans offense and Arthur Smith's, you know, just like, man, I really missed him when he was the offensive coordinator. Right. But if you're an offensive player, I would be looking at the teams like, man, if I can impress this Falcon staff, if you're, let's say, a wide receiver, yeah. maybe they need a wide receiver. Right. On the defensive end, if you're like maybe the Patriots, man, they've been lacking a little bit on inside linebackers. So maybe even for the players, if you can impress this particular coaching staff, this might be your shot to get drafted by this team. No doubt. No doubt. And we're going to get the opportunity to talk to these players. Uh, they have different media sessions. We also are going to be out there for Media Day, which is next week uh, at Allegiant Stadium, so we'll get up close to personal. Nate Burleson, that's a name that everyone knows. He's going into the Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame. 
Right? I didn't even know they had a Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame. We'll ask uh, Eric Galco about that, but he's going into that. He'll be here in Las Vegas, so that's a good opportunity to get a couple minutes with Nate. He's fantastic at whatever he does. He was on Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Now he's on CBS Sports. I mean, he does a great job. So to be able to talk to him about what the Shrine Bowl meant to him back in 2003 when he played in the game, to what he you know, obviously went on to do in the NFL and what he's doing now as an analyst. And, he, you know, he's just, he does a lot of great work. i got to give Nate Burleson a lot of credit. But to be able to have a few minutes with him, which we will get sometime next week, I mean, that, that also is a blessing. So there's a lot of good things coming in the next few days around here uh, that, that surround the Shrine Bowl. Can't wait to talk to Nate Burleson. Going to talk about that son of his. Committed to UNR. So that's something that I want to talk about. Why couldn't he? <laughs> why are you so salty? <laughs> Well, that means if he's a Mountain West-type player, why couldn't UNLV get him? Well, Nate Burleson was a Mountain West-type player, right? I mean, where did he go? I don't know. Where did he go to school at? I want to say he was a UNR guy, wasn't he? He went to Reno, too? Yeah, I don't want to talk to Nate Burleson now. Come on, mate. (laughs) I I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I thought thought that's why you brought it up. I thought you already knew that. Yeah, he's he's a UNR guy, right? Wow, he is. <laughs> and you know what? I take back every nice thing I ever said. Because he is one of the best guys on CBS Sports. I mean, on the on their preview show. Did you see what he was wearing this past Sunday? No, he's always fly, though. He had on a Gucci tracksuit jacket. That's what we need to talk to him about. Okay. So a Gucci tracksuit jacket, but a shirt and tie underneath. Now, brother, I know he, he's a stylish guy. But that was like, yo, man, you do it. That's one piece too many. Look, wait, hold on. You came to work the other day with a T-shirt and a bolo tie on. Yeah, but that was, you know, accompanying, you know, another fit. No, I, I don't. I saw a black T-shirt with a bolo tie on. That's what I saw. Cowboy so, Cotton can get away with a lot of things, Q. Can he? Yes, he can. Can he? Cowboy Cotton. I think Nate Burleson can get a, away with a little bit more than Cowboy Cotton that nobody's heard of except for me and you. What do you mean? Nobody knows who Cowboy Cotton is. What are you talking about? Everybody who's listening knows who Cowboy Cotton is. They absolutely don't. They don't even acknowledge that, that that's your name. They At call Demond you, underscore the boss. They no. call you Demond, and half the time they don't even spell your name right. Willie Ramirez, as he seen me in the parking lot the other day, acknowledged me as Cowboy Cotton. Willie doesn't count. <laughs> Willie doesn't count. You know that. One day Willie is set up like he was at the uh, the the party that we had on Friday, the company party. He's up in a track suit like he's from the 80s. He looked like he was about to be on a set of Run DMC, him and his girl. They were out there looking like they were about to do, you know, whatever, like some kind of old school hip-hop set. Then the next minute he's suited and booted and looking sharp at the game. Come on, man. And then he's at the gym working out. <laughs> Come on, man. Wait, wait, Willie, he's got an identity crisis too. He does. He don't know who he is. He went from the '80s to I mean, he was like in a zoot suit. Like, come on, man. You can't. You can't go to Willie as your backup. I just said that he acknowledged me as Cowboy Cotton. I am not confirming nor denying Willie's flyness when it comes to dressing. I mean, you know, he's got some questionable outfits himself. So you can't go. You can't have someone that's questionable back you up, right? If you're gonna have someone back you up, there's got to be someone that's rock solid. I mean, that's the only way to do it. I can't I can't be like, oh, that guy's got my back, and they're like, well, that guy sucks. And I'm not saying Willie sucks, but at the same time, you just said he's got questionable tendencies. Willie's like, man, how am I catching all yo, this later? Yo, I've got <laughs> nothing to say about that fashion. I know you don't. Eric Galco, player director of football ops and player personnel for the, uh, the Shrine Bowl. He'll join us at 3 o'clock, and then at 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She'll join us to talk all things UNLV, who got a victory, Damon. Should feel pretty good. They snapped a four-game losing streak. How do you feel? And 
Wyoming's not very good, though. Yeah, somebody's got to be the worst team in the conference. And luckily, it's not UNLV, as now they have a one-game lead over Wyoming in the conference. Got their second win in conference play. But like you said, Wyoming only has one. So Yeah, they're not good. I can't be too proud about that. No, no, they're not good at all. But we'll talk all things UNLV, plus we'll talk about the honor that the Raiders did the other night uh, for girls flag football as uh, you know, a young lady who lost her life after collapsing at a flag football game on January 5th. Uh, she was actually honored the other day, and the Raiders were right there in, in you know, front and foremost about about that situation and so uh, they, they they had a really good honor for her so we'll talk about that as well uh, a lot to get to when it comes to Paloma she'll join us at 3.30 on the show and of course Raider Nation we always want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 that guy Cowboy Cotton <laughs> If you want to, if you want to address that Cowboy Cotton name you can he's been that name now on Twitter for a while he's that's been that's been what you're like your headline name or whatever you want to call it yeah, so it's Cowboy Cotton. Do, uh, do people not know this? No, because I'm still waiting for you to change it. Because I don't know. I don't know what. It's you- even my header photo. You've got me and my brother, and you've got me looking like Cowboy Cotton. It's not the official profile picture, but it's the header picture. If you want to click on the profile, but nobody Add really nobody knows boss. what a Cowboy Cotton is. It's me, Q. Nope, uh, yeah, but nobody knows that. No, I don't know if that's... They've you know, seen the fits. They don't know if I'm turning on some TV show, if I'm going to see somebody that's out there working in the fields and everything. And, you know, because, look, I'm not Cowboy Cotton. I'm in the house. I'm in. I'm the house cat, man. You, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Hey, man, it's, it's you know, it's a name that I've embodied. <laughs> Cowboy Cotton. People, when they see me on the streets, Cowboy Cotton. It's not just Willie. Other people acknowledge me as Cowboy Cotton. Can Give you? me one more person. Brian Salmon did. Boom. Another person in media. Okay. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Only because Brian uh, fights with you. He spars with you. So he, he does that just to butter you up. Oh, man, I'm getting lighter on the feet, too. You should see me. You know, even Wayne McCullough. He, oh, man, I could give you some, I could give you some pointers, Q. Uh, if you I, ever catch yourself, you, you, you I don't need come no, to me. I don't need any pointers. What do I need pointers for? Just in case, you know, you catch that guy in the act of taking your backpack this year. <laughs> you don't need I to know about it. Stop right there. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Aaron Wilson at 2.30, Eric Galco at 3, Paloma Villacana joins us at 3.30. Of course, Raider Nation will hear from you, 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword r Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Again, we have Aaron Wilson from uh, KPRC number Channel 2 in Houston coming up at 2.30, but one thought the topic, and DeMond did a great job by having GM Dave Ziegler in the opening as we got the show underway, so I wanted to ask the question, what does this front office need to do to give you confidence that they have a plan. Is it a move? Is it a series of moves? Is it free agency? Is it the draft? What pushes the needle for you? What will give you that confidence? Because I know right now there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of reports out there. Maybe the Raiders are looking to move on from Waller. Maybe they're looking to move on from Renfro. They're going to look to bring in this quarterback, that quarterback, or the other. What is it that this front office has to do to kind of put your mind at ease and make you feel like they've got a plan? Because everyone has asked me, I've been on so many shows, and people keep asking me, and I, I keep trying to tell them the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. All we could talk about is what we maybe think, the tea leaves that we're reading, or, or what we're reading as far as you know the reports that we're reading, or when we have Vinny Bonsignor on, or we talk to a guy like Tashawn Reed, or we talk to uh, Adam Hill, you know, Paul Gutierrez, you know, cats like that. 
okay, this is what you're thinking, or this is what you're hearing, or this is what you're seeing. Okay, great. Until we actually see it, there was a point when it came to the John Gruden staff, we pretty much had an idea of what they were going to do, right? Everyone was pretty confident, like, yeah, that's going to happen. Okay, that's going to happen. We know that because that's his tendencies. We don't know this staff's tendencies. I've heard a lot of people talk about the draft. Well, they don't have success in the draft. We don't know that. This staff might knock it out the park for all I know. I don't know that they don't. I don't know that they do. I know that, you know, D- Dylan Parham made the uh, all-rookie all, all rookie team, you know, for the Pro Football Writers of America. I think that's pretty good as a third-round pick. It's not like he was a first-round pick. He was a third-round pick. He made that all-rookie team. I think that's pretty impressive. I like what I saw from Thayer Mumford. Obviously, we didn't see much from the running backs because Josh Jacobs never came off the field. And we didn't see much from the defensive tackles. Neil Farrell or, or, or Matthew Butler, we didn't see much from them either. But that was a limited draft. So maybe they're really good at this drafting thing. Maybe that, but we don't know. So for anyone to say, well, this team won't draft very well, and we don't know that. So I'm kind of on the draft, as much as I love it, I'm kind of sitting there with a big question mark. Like, I really don't know. I don't know what to expect. I can't say, oh, that's a Dave Ziegler player right there. The only thing that I know when it comes to players with this staff is versatility. And that's what we talked about for a few days, versatility. Because we know that that's something that they really appreciate. As far as an intelligent football player, unless I spend time with them, I can't tell you. They may look like Tarzan and play like Jane for all I know, right? There's players like that. Sean Oakman, he was the perfect example. When I was in Central Texas covering Baylor, that dude was a monster. A monster. He was so big, like he would tackle him, like he would tackle people just by looking at him. He was so big. He had all the memes with the half cut shirt and everything. Man, that dude was looked like Tarzan, but he played like Jane. wasn't very good. wasn't And I people used to get so mad at me when they're like, "Oh, Sean Oakman's great," and I was like, "When? What game are you watching? He's not that good. He's not." So we don't know. He won the pregame. He he won he won the the. Oh, look, there's a picture of Sean Oakman. Like, that's what he won. Unfortunately, his career got a little, you know, derailed, and that was some off-the-field stuff that really ended up not being a whole bunch of nothing. But he just wasn't very good, but he looked apart. So who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? But the question I have, what does this front office need to do to give you confidence that they got that plan? Like I said, is it a move? Is it a series of moves? Are you going to judge them off of free agency, the draft? What's going to push that needle for you to make you feel like, okay, I feel pretty comfortable with what they're doing. Damon, I'll start off with you. For me, it's got to be whoever is going to be the next quarterback. That's going to be for me to let me know if this front office is going in the right direction, whether it be signing Aaron Rodgers, trading for him, or signing Tom Brady, whoever they draft in the quarterback. Now, I know that we don't know who the next quarterback is going to be if they do draft someone in the first round, but for me, it's got to be one of the three. Anthony Richardson, because I think he'll be available. C.J. Stroud. Or Will Levis. Because I would be scared to death to draft Anthony Richardson. Scared to death. Oh, for me, if they draft one of those three, I'll, that'll put me at ease at least. He's got a high ceiling, but a low. But the floor is yeah, it's a it's a really low floor. But see, the the but thing with be- the quarterback position, I understand where you're coming from, and I think a lot of people are going to say that. Where I'm coming from when it comes to the quarterback position, they might just go and make a move. Like you mentioned, what if they go and draft Aaron Rodgers? Or what if they go sign Tom Brady? Okay, that's a one- to two-year fix. Does that really mean that they have a plan, or does that mean that they're buying extra time? Right? That's the question that comes to my mind. Is Tom Brady a, a guy that's an actual plan? Is he, is, he, is he part of the, okay, Q, this is going to calm you down, this is going to let you know we're going in the right direction, or is he buying time? 
But the plan would be that would signify to me that the plan is to win now. Okay. I mean, on paper, you obviously right. that doesn't guarantee wins. Well, but that's the plan is, hey, guys, we are committed to winning now tra- if they get one of those two guys. Trading for Devontae Adams told me that, mm-hmm. and they won six games. And everyone thought that we lied to him <laughs> and said, oh, you guys said it wasn't a rebuild. Well, I don't think trading a first-round pick and a second-round pick for Devontae Adams is a rebuild. I don't. I don't think signing Darren Waller is a rebuild. I don't think signing Hunter Renfro is a rebuild. Hell, I don't think signing Derek Carr is a rebuild. None of that signified rebuild, and they still won six games. So... I, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say, oh, they're dedicated to winning right now because I thought they were dedicated to winning right now last offseason when we were talking. I thought, okay, they're going to go win 10, 11 games, be in the playoffs and make a push because, you know, they, they, they just went and made a move for Devontae Adams. I mean, passionate Raider, he has no problem tooting his own horn. He'll tell you, I told you it was a rebuild. I told, like, I don't, I never bought that. I never bought that because of the moves that they made. It didn't signify a rebuild. If anything, if they start a rookie next year, that to me says it's a rebuild, right? What does John McClain always tell us? You start a rookie, it's basically like, like waving the white flag for your rookie year. Even though there's been some rookies that catch lightning in a bottle, if you start a rookie, it's basically saying, hey, we're going to roll with the punches this year. Who wants to do that? So you're saying that they have to get a veteran quarterback, but that also that's not enough for you to prove that things are in the right direction, that they have a plan? No, would no, you no. rather get no? You know, a better I, I don't think I don't think I would go with the quarterback situation because I don't. I just don't know, mm. right? I mean, I, that's one of the biggest mysteries of what are they going to do. But I think I can look at the rest of the team, right? Okay, and, and, and see what they're doing. And we spent a lot of time talking about defense. If all of a sudden they go and make a dedication to it, then okay, I'm seeing the plan that it's going in the right direction. That they want to get a, a defense that at least at the very end of the day at least complements their offense. Now, if they go resign Josh Jacobs, then okay. They believe in what he just did last year. If they don't re-sign him and they're like, oh, we're just going to roll with Zamir White or Britton Bound because, well, they could do the same thing as long as the offensive line is solid, then I'm wondering, okay, well, what the hell? You know? So I thought that them signing the homegrown guys like they did a year ago was super important. Super important. I thought that that sent a good message to the guys in the locker room that, hey, if you go and handle your business, we'll take care of you. And that's what I felt like they did starting with Max Crosby. But, you know, for me, I, I – I think that free agency is going to tell me a lot. And why I say that is, for years, the Raiders as an organization, not this staff, but as an organization, have signed guys that are older and over the hill, and they gave a lot of money and didn't get a lot of production from. And I know that that sounds like Chandler Jones, right? So that's, that's what they did this year to try to team up with Max Crosby and it didn't work out. I think I'm going to be very interested to see what they do in free agency if they could bring in some young talent, some guys that could be young cats, or if they even make a trade for a, a young guy that is still a really good player, even if, just throw it out there for S's and giggles, like a Jalen Ramsey. Say if he's available, right, which, which we hear reports that, that he could be available. If they go and make a move for him, that to me tells me, okay, they want a dominant dude at that corner. They want a dude that could be a playmaker, right? Like they, they have the vision of this team moving forward being solid for not just one year but multiple years, and he's not – He's not the guy that he was when he left Jacksonville and went to L.A. He's not that guy, but he's still really damn good. So we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, and we'll get to your phones, uh, your, your, phone, your, your calls and texts at 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. What does this front office need to do to give you confidence that they got a plan? Is it a move, a series of moves? Is it free agency, the draft? What is going to push the needle for you is what I want to know. Coming up next, Aaron Wilson. 
He's out in H-Town. He's going to join us to talk about Derek Carr to the Texans. Is that a real possibility? And I'll also scatter shoot around the rest of the NFL. This is Brandon Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The question we threw out there to you today, what does this front office need to do to give you confidence that they got a plan? Is it a move? Is it a series of moves? Is it free agency, the draft? What is going to push the needle for you? Hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Give us your response to that. And if you have a question for our next guest, you can do the same thing. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Speaking of our next guest, Aaron Wilson, KPRC Channel 2 in Houston, joins us right now on the phone lines. And Aaron, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you as always, my man. And the reports came out yesterday that some NFL executives believe Raiders quarterback Derek Carr could be a potential uh, quarterback in Houston, a place that he's very familiar with, with his brother David Carr being the number one overall pick when the franchise got started. Uh, What are your thoughts when you see Derek Carr to the Houston Texans? Do you think there's anything behind that, any legs behind that? No, I I don't think that that's likely. I haven't heard Derek Carr's name come up. I think they're still trying to formulate their plan as part of it because they don't have a head coach yet. But it's more than that. It's a situation of, you know, is that really where they are in this franchise? Drafting a quarterback in the first round is more likely a scenario for them and having some kind of placeholder. I think he's much more than a bridge quarterback. I say that with a lot of respect for Derek Carr. I think that he's a starting quarterback and should be with a contending team and play there for at least a few seasons. In my opinion, him just holding the spot down for a first-round rookie, he would reject that. And uh, as you know, his brother didn't have a great experience here uh, in terms of the offensive line and, and was a uh, very successful tenure, you know, from how he plays. I don't think that's something the Carr family, that Carr's agent and younger, will seek to revisit. I'm not really sure why. And I, I haven't actually seen any of uh, what you're referring to. I haven't seen like who said it, so I'm not meaning to dunk on anyone intentionally or unintentionally. I'm just telling what I've heard, which is not their car. Right. No, no. And it was, you know, it's always one of those, uh, Aaron, where it's like uh, NFL executive or AFC executive. It's never a name behind it that says this is what they're thinking. But they they uh, talked to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN uh, yesterday. Okay. It came out. And so that's that's where it all came from. But Nick Casario and Dave Ziegler, obviously the Texans GM and the Raiders GM, they do have history with each other. Of course, you know, they're both in the Patriots organization. Do you think that those are two guys that would be willing to do business with each other if it came down to it? Of course, yeah, they're friends and they're professionals, and they would talk. But I just don't think that's the. It's just not only it's the direction the Texans would want to go in, or Derek. So it's kind of a a mutual, not likely scenario, unlikely, whatever uh, you want to call it. Uh, everyone characterizes it. Yeah, I just think it has nothing to do with those guys, those gentlemen. Yeah, obviously they can communicate and communicate quite well, and are old friends and both John Carroll University teammates uh, back in the day at that fine football institution. It's uh, been a launching pad for so many great NFL coaching and executive careers. 
putting those gentlemen. So, yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, and, you know, you know, maybe things can change. They always can change in the NFL. That thing should change fast. But I don't think that's their direction. And we'll see, you know, once they get a coach, what their coach thinks about it and what the owners think about it and how that would fit with everything. But, yeah, that's not my expectation at all. Talking again with Aaron Wilson here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So I know that you are a deep diver when it comes into everything going on NFL-wise. You talk to a lot of good people. Are you hearing about some teams that are interested in Derek Carr for his services, maybe by way of trade, or maybe they'll wait for the Raiders to release him by that February 15th date? I think a lot of people are waiting to see mode. I think that preliminarily, you know, you could think about possibly the New York Jets. I think that's the name that comes up a lot, but not from the Jets per se. Obviously, just Right now, just you know, what are people saying? And that's a team that's come up. I've even heard the Tennessee Titans that that might be a, a good fit for Derek. Should they move on from Tannehill? Does it look like real promising right now with Malik Willis? So you know, we'll see. I, I think you know we're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but that's what we do. That's what the <laughs> you know you do in the NFL. But in my opinion, I just think not yet. Aaron Wilson is our guest for KPRC Channel 2 in Houston right now on Radio Nation Radio 920. And that's my man DeMond's got one for you. This is a question that's more centered in Houston. Do you think that Bryce Young is worth to move up to that number one pick to solidify if a team needs a quarterback to trade up to get it so that way you can knock down that number one pick and maybe not gamble on some of the prospects that aren't rated as highly at QB? I don't think they'll need to do that. I think that, as one executive said to me, there are no Peyton Mannings in this draft. Mm. Bryce Young, not a Peyton Manning. I don't think that you have to move for anybody. I don't think necessarily it would have to be Bryce Young. He's a bit undersized. There's some other quarterbacks that they're going to consider as well, including C.J. Stroud, including Will Levis. So they'll have some options. They're not locked in on one player. The defensive talent, the elite defensive talent, in terms of Carter, in terms of Anderson, definitely better than the quarterbacks, just as, in my opinion. Just the value of the quarterbacks gets pushed up because of the importance of the position. But yeah, I, I could very well see Texans not drafting Rush Jones. It wouldn't shock me if they didn't. I don't think that Nick Casario is locked in on one player right now. I know they love Will Anderson. That's one thing I've heard. They're not alone in that opinion. A lot of people do. And I do think that he's under very heavy consideration to be the Bears' first overall pick. They could just keep the pick and pick a great defensive player, a great edge rusher. But we'll see what they do. Wow. Uh, let me ask you real quick. How shocked would you be if they didn't go QB with their number one overall pick? I would be surprised if they did not address the position in a meaningful way right away. With the, remember, they also have the 12th pick, but I think they'll get it done. I think they'll move as quickly as they can to get a future franchise quarterback. Hopefully that will you know, fix the position the way it had for a while when they had Deshaun Watson, where Rick Smith engineered that trade to get him. I could see the Texans being aggressive again to try to get a quarterback. A lot of times in the coaching cycle, there's always someone that's the darling of this coaching cycle, that coordinator where if he doesn't get the job this year, that you know he's eventually going to be the head coach. The Texans have interviewed two of those guys, D'Amico Ryans, but another guy, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. Where do you think that the Texans see him because he also had an interview for him? Or how hot do you think that other teams may be looking at Mike Kafka as well? I think he's a really good coach. I heard he got a good interview today. He interviewed twice with them, once Sunday and again today. I heard he's made a good impression on them. I, I don't know if he's going to be their guy. I think D'Amico Lyons and Jonathan Gannon are the leaders. I could also see D'Amico Lyons emerging as a strong candidate with the Denver Broncos. 
uh, keep an eye on them as well. Uh, you know, they've shown some preference for proven head coaches. They have a high opinion of D'Amico, too. So, yeah, I think you know, they're looking at the right guys. They also interviewed Edgar Evros, uh, defense coordinator for the Broncos. It's the second time they interviewed him, and already did a good job, too. I mean, he's uh, someone that I think should be heard from. Maybe people should be talking about more. He's interviewed for all of the teams. He does a great job with the Broncos defense. I talked to Randy Gregory today, a veteran pass rusher for the Broncos, and he could not say enough good things about Coach Evero and the kind of coach, the kind of man he is. So um, I, I take him seriously, too. But you know, I, I do think that there's a bit of a the pecking order, whether anyone you know, acknowledges that publicly, I don't know. But I, I believe that Lions and Gannon are two very, very highly regarded prospects for them in terms of the coaching profession and They've had three interviews now with Jonathan over the past two hiring cycles. I think they'll talk to him a fourth time before it's all said and done. How excited would the fans be in, in Houston if they were able to get uh, D'Amico Ryans as that head coach, saying he that's was a former player? Yeah, that's very popular. That's, that's who they want. Uh, but you can't only make decisions on popularity. You've got to you know, pick coaches and executives based on whoever you think is the best. And he might be the best. Uh, but they've got to make that decision based on merit, not just it would be popular, we'd sell tickets, things like that. I don't think people come there to see the coach. Right. <laughs> and see the players. But, yeah, no, I mean, would it surprise me if he wound up coming here? No, it certainly wouldn't. I think, you know, I know he had a past lawsuit with them over the condition of the field. They put that behind them. He thought it over, decided to do the interview, and I think they're in a good place. It's just a matter of is that who they pick? And, would he accept the offer? I think he would. If they go ahead and you know extend that and say, hey, you know, we want you to be our guy. Talking right now with Aaron Wilson here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about some quarterbacks, a couple veterans. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's a bunch of question marks at Tom Brady. Uh, what are you thinking about them? What are you hearing about those guys? Where do you think they land next year? I'm not sure on Tom Brady. I think it's an honest answer. I just think, you know, you think about Tom and, and what he's going to do, he's got to decide that he wants to play first. And he's still making that decision, as he said to Jim Gray. And I'm just not sure on Tom. When it comes to the MVP voting, talking about quarterbacks, Justin Jefferson was the lone wide receiver that's a finalist for MVP this year. What do you think it would actually take for a wide receiver to win the MVP in the league? I think he'd need to put up absolutely stellar numbers. It'd have to be something where he's, just head and shoulders so much better than everybody else for it to be a wide receiver. That's not because of the value of the position. It's just quarterbacks and running backs tend to always win these things. And whether that's fair or not, you know, I'm not sure, but it, it just is. Let me go back to the quarterbacks real quick and ask you about Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned you weren't sure about Tom Brady. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? I, I could see Aaron going with the Jets, that's another place that's really popular to link him to. It's going to be tough to do from a financial standpoint, but I think it can get done. It sounds like both the Packers and Aaron are preparing for a goodbye. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it feels like it. It really does. It kind of looks like that that's yeah, the writing. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No I doubt. Got to run. I apologize. Okay. All right, Aaron. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Appreciate it.
Aaron's got some things going on real quick. <laughs> he got some things going on. He had to go. Aaron Wilson right there. Uh, KPRC, Channel 2 in Houston, at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. And uh, sometimes that happens. My man is always deep in uh, into everything going on in the NFL, and sometimes you just got to go. So uh, you could tell that there was something, something brewing that he had going on. So I wasn't too sure what it was, but there you go. It's pretty much where I was at anyway. Pretty yeah, I mean, he was talking to Randy Gregory earlier today. Maybe it's, you know. Priorities. I mean, no, there could be there could be a coach hired in Houston right now, for all we know, right? I mean, like that's the thing about the offseason. Everyone always asks me, like, Q, what day do you take off? It's like you can't, right? If you absolutely just take off and you just ignore everything, that's when everything happens and you miss out. So in our business, you have to be on all the time, as much as we, we might not want to. There's some days where I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to do this today. Not the radio show, but, like, at the house, I don't want to monitor everything. I don't want to be on Twitter. I don't want to check out – but, man, if we don't, that's the day that you get caught slipping. So 244 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. Of course, the phone line, 702-365-9200. What does this front office need to do to give you confidence that they've got a plan? Is it a move, a series of moves? Is it a free agency, the draft? What pushes the needle for you? Let us know about it. Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Right there you heard from GM Dave Ziegler. Behind the Shields, talking all things how to build a team. And that really goes hand-in-hand hand with the question that we threw out there to you. Don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword r Of course, our listener line 702-365-9200. What does this front office need to do to give you confidence that they got a plan? Is it a move, a series of moves? Is it free agency or the draft? What pushes the needle for you? What's going to get it going for you? We got a really good tweet from Silver and Black Panther. In 2017, the Raiders were 6-10, and 49ers were 6-10, and 10, both failing teams. But during final weeks and in that offseason, the Niners made better business decisions. They traded for Jimmy G and won their final five games. Then during the next few drafts, they established the foundation of who they are now. George Kittles in 2017, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuels 2019, while the Raiders failed draft after draft, no need of repeating. With that said, the Raiders have to overhaul the business model before they can even make any real difference with the players they put on the field. Silver and Black Panther on Twitter. We definitely appreciate that, but we want to hear from you as well. 69187, keyword r That's our don'tbebroke.com text line and our phone line, 702-365-9200. Raider Fish of Berkeley, you're up. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for the welcome. And, uh, uh, Damon, if, if you want to be called or Cowboy Cotton, then that's what it is. You let the world know that that's the handle you go by. And let it be what it be. Bolo tie, T-shirt, uh, Stetson hat, Velcro strap, cowboy boots. Hey, handle your business, baby. Now, uh, let me get back on the subject here. Uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. Loud and clear, oh, brother. Okay. <laughs> hey, so until the GM or the coach does something that we all wish they would do, but you know they're not going to do it, okay? So I need I need to let the nation know a few things that they probably already know. Unless unless they have an open forum and allow 100 or so random Raider fans to attend a press conference tomorrow and, and, and let us pepper them with questions, we're not going to have a plan. we got to stay the course. But just a few observations of how I noticed – you know, through the decades of watching football, how it usually goes, unless there's some sort of coaching change, then into the season, all the way to the Super Bowl, we call that the speculation. You can speculate until it's too late, okay? That's the speculation season, all right? Then 
when free agency kicks off, you know, we may get a, a glimpse, depending on who we sign, don't sign, give up on the trade, blah, all that good jazz, okay? We get our first glimpse of what may happen, okay? That's during free agency. And then the draft. Then we really start to see, uh, uh, we can see how the formulation is going to formulate. Now, one thing. We got to formulate well, this quicker. We, Come on, let's go. Okay, okay, you know what? Okay, here we go. Formulate on, this man. quicker, brother. Let's go. No, no, no. I'm going to end it right there. Hey, I just want the nation to know we won't see a plan yet. You just got to stay the course. That's it. Just stay the course. You know, th- this thing comes in stages. Hey, show up, show out, and how it just went, baby. And sometimes hurry up when you got to, when you go out. Raider. <laughs> Raider Fisher Berkeley. Always a character. Hardcore Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I completely love uh, Raider Fish, but I completely disagree, dude. Uh, you know, no, no fan, like no organization is anything without the fan base, and I think this is a great topic. Okay, so um, in my opinion, here's what needs to happen first. First of all, sign Josh Jacobs. We we lock that in. Don't franchise tag him. Lock him in. Make him happy. We can win with whoever's what, not whoever, but like a good quarterback behind there if we keep Josh Jacobs. Okay. Next up, I don't want to see him overpay for a quarterback. So if they're going to go the Brady route, if they end up signing Brady to a $40, $45 million deal or something crazy like that, anything above $35 million, I think is a big miss. So don't overpay a quarterback. And then third, get uh, an offensive tackle maybe in the free agency. You know, uh, Taylor uh, Luan from the uh, Titans, he might be available because they're going to have to free up some cap space unless they cut Ryan Tannehill. And third would be draft. So we need, well, I guess free agency, we need one to two guys studs in uh, free agency. So whether after offensive tackle, whether they go DB, linebacker, or defensive tackle, we need to knock one of those other ones out. And then last would be draft. we got to go defense, as you know, and uh, develop some guys. If we do that, I would trust the process and what they're trying to build right now. All right, that'll work right there. Basically all three phases. Right? I mean, free agency with your own guys, free agency outside of the building, and then also the draft. Go ahead and make right, smart decisions. Don't overpay. Okay, that's a hardcore Raider. We appreciate that. Eddie in L.A., you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? So, interesting topic you got going on. My perspective, my opinion alone, I have no faith or trust in this uh, current administration of this organization right now for simple fact of what they did and what was going on. The creative problems and problems didn't need to be there instead of fixing the problems that were glaring for 15 years. So, what are they, what, in my opinion, what do they need to do? They need to hit it. They need to hit and hit home runs in free agency and in the draft. Okay, I don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback position. If they're going to go out and sacrifice draft picks or figure out a way to get Aaron Rodgers. Are you going to overpay for Brainy, or are you going to look to get a deal in with Garoppolo or, or another service of quarterback? And if that's if you don't let Stidham walk, so there's a there's there's a lot more problems that they need to solve, and it's obviously going to take more time than one off season. Um, so whatever it is they do, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, you got your mind made up. All right, there's Eddie in L.A. He's already got his mind made up. Doesn't matter what they do. I'll say this. I thought they did some good things last offseason. Bringing in Devontae Adams, I thought that was a big deal. The offensive line was ignored. That was not a big deal. But other things that they did, Devontae Adams, that was big. Uh, Chandler Jones, on the surface, looked really good. Obviously, that didn't work out. But I thought that they made some really good moves. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to address that. But I do appreciate that, Eddie. Great call. Uh, Shields up. Close us out this hour. What's on your mind? Q, how you doing, man? Blessed. 
I'm going to keep it very simple. One word, progress. I'm not going to get into the nooks and crannies like my other Raider Nation brothers, but progress. I just want to see a better record. You can tell when a team plays, you get that feeling like, yeah, they are getting better. They are going to get – they're making progress in the whole nine. That's all I want to see is progress. Later on, as the, as, as, the, as the months go by and days go by, I'll get into nooks and crannies. But right now, progress. Keep it simple. Shields up. Thank you, Q. I like it. I like it. Keep it simple, stupid. That's the KISS method right there. Someone told me that years ago. Keep it simple, stupid. I said, okay, I got that. That's stuck in my mind. I can remember it. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Progress is what Shields Up is looking for. 256 at a time. When we come back, kicking off hour number two of the show, Eric Galco, player director of football operations and player personnel for the East-West Shrine Bowl game. He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.